0: Testing, 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 there you go Hello everybody
1: Amen.
0: Hello everybody Buenos dias. Buenos dias Buenos dias, so good to see you I want to ask every, every, everyone here to please stand up for a moment I want you to pray with me I want us to prepare our hearts <laughs> I know that we are dealing with our challenges With the technology But don't you worry about that God is good I said don't you worry about that God is good yes. And all the time yes. God is good And all the time yes. God is good. Amen, amen I want you to bow your heads with me And I want you to pray with me please I want you to pray with me amen. I want you to focus Everything that you have On the Lord right now because he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He is in this place.
1: Yeah.
0: He's working it out. Don't worry about the differences, the indifference, and all those other things. God is working it out. Yeah. God is working it out. Father, we love you this morning. We praise your holy name. We magnify your holy name. We thank you for this space, for this room, for this area. We thank you for carving out this time, Lord God. For us to be gathered together this morning like this in your presence We are networking, we are fellowshipping, we are interacting We've been interacting with one another But that's not what matters What matters is that we are worshipping you That is why we are here this morning That is why you bring us out as a community of believers As a family, as the family of God Help us to zero in on that Help us to root Ourselves in that truth, in that reality, that you are in this place and that you are worthy to be praised in spite of and regardless of the setbacks in our lives, regardless of this pandemic, these constraints, these restrictions, you are worthy to be praised. And we are in this place this morning to give you glory and to give you honor with our lives, with our substance, with our first fruits. From our lips and from our pockets. In whatever other way, Father God, you give us the liberty to do so. We are here this morning to praise your holy name. Help us to focus in on that this morning, Lord God. Help us to dispel, to dismiss, to denounce everything else, to forsake all distractions around us this morning, Lord God. And in our lives, the naysayers... What the government is saying, with the CDC, help us to put all those things aside for a moment, Lord God. And this morning to root ourselves in genuine worship, Lord God. Help us to do that this morning, Father, because you want to speak to us now. You want to speak to us this morning from your word. And you want us to really hear you this morning. You want us to hear you loudly and clearly. Without any distractions or hindrances or obstructions. You want us to hear you clearly. Because the most important thing that we can do this side of heaven. As believers, as children of God. Is to be sensitive to your voice. By your Holy Spirit. And then to live it out. There's nothing more important than that. We love you this morning Father. And we thank you once again for this space and this time. In Jesus' wonderful name and all of God's people say it Come on, no, no, no. all of God's people say Amen. Amen, you may be seated You may be seated, I pray that you take your Bibles out if you have them this morning This morning we are coming from 1 Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 Is the traditional passage that's related to the rapture Although I may not... The, the, the lesson this morning, the emphasis this morning is not the rapture. Although they, I might touch on it here and there. The emphasis this morning is on the promises of God. That's the theme. I want to talk about the promises of God in, in a very, very brief, in a very simple way. to help us root ourselves in the substance of God's promises. Because... It is so easy, isn't it not? It is so easy in the times in which we live in with all that is happening around us To be listening loudly and clearly to the voices that are contrary to the voice of God And to kind of consume ourselves with that voice or those voices And to kind of lose our sensitivities for the voice of God or the promises of God 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18 some of you were looking at me like, hey, give me the verse, give me the verse, you gave me the chapter, give me the verse. Isn't that right, Michelle? Give me the verse, give me the verse, stop playing around. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18, when you find it, please say amen. amen. One more time, please say amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Ron. Read with me, follow along with me. And uh, by the way, I'm going to be reading to you this morning from the New King James Version. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, That's you and me, by the way, Concerning those who have fallen asleep, Lest you sorrow, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. A short time ago, by the way, I should ask you right now, how many of you really, really appreciate this? This part, this material hanging over
1: your head. Amen.
0: amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, a short time ago, Vet and I went to the supply store to purchase these materials, these materials uh, related to this part that you see over your head right now. And while we were there, there was something that I realized. We, Vet and I were walking through the store, and I realized that the stores really sparked up. If, if you can think of the item If it's related to tarts That store has it in stock They pretty much have everything associated with tarts in that store And I thought about that a sh- for a short time afterwards I thought about the supply store And I thought, about, I thought about it as it relates to our faith If only stocking up on the things that matter most in life were that Easy. While there, we realized, as I said already, that the store was extremely stocked up. And for example, hope, when we think about society today, society has a lot to offer. But when we think about it, when we think about it in terms of hope, hope is the one thing that society is in almost incomplete short supply of these days. For example, from wars which had been averted... I don't know if some of you watch the news or some of you read your news online. I'm one of those guys who... I don't watch the television. I don't watch the news on on TV. I I get my news online. I read it from conservative news sources. And not always Fox News because it's kind of... Anyway, I digress. But I read my news. I make sure... I love to hear the news. I love to involve myself in geopolitics I want to know exactly what's happening on the world stage today from that geopolitical point of view uh, because I want to know where we are in scriptures with regard to current events and I've realized that many wars quite recently even under these three or four years under Trump campaign a few wars have been averted thus far And you also know about the riots that are taking place all over the world. And when you think about these things, there's hopeless, there's a a pervasive hopelessness in society today. When we think about the hooligan masses, quite literally the hooligan masses, who are literally attempting to wipe away our precious history to the cries to defund our police, there's a hopelessness in society today. From the WHO, the World Health Organization, which has belly flopped as far as I'm concerned, uh, as it relates to the mishandling of COVID-19, to the CDC because they really don't know what they're what they're telling us. There's a hopelessness in society today, from AOC to Pelosi and others who are looking to shred our precious. Constitution. There is a hopelessness in society today How many of you would agree with me? Amen. On those things There is a hopelessness in society today But this morning I want to encourage you as believers To revisit the hope associated with the very precious promises Or a number of very precious promises given to us in the scriptures and one that is central to our existence as believers. I want you to look at this passage with me this morning because the hope that we find discovered in this passage The hope that we find in all of the Bible this morning. Any particular passage that you and I delve into this morning. The hope is that God is with us. And that He is ever present to deliver us from evil. And that one day, very soon, Jesus Christ Himself will return for you and I. Amen somebody. I think that's extremely good news. How many of us still believe in the substance of God's promises? Let me see your hand. It's a fair question to ask. Because there's so much going on in society today And if we are not careful We will lose sight of the substance of God's promises How many of us still believe in God's promises today? How much weight do they carry in our hearts? Every single morning when I get up And every single evening before I lay my head to sleep I think about the promises of God I'm not perfect by no means But I try to affirm God's promises in my heart On a daily basis Because I want to make sure That the voices in the world today Are not drowning out The voice of God in my soul I think that's extremely important Amen somebody I think that's extremely important There's a reason why I'm saying these things In Luke chapter 18 verse 8 Jesus Christ said When the Son of Man comes Will He really find faith On the earth I think it's extremely important for you and I to ensure that we are listening clearly to the voice of God. And the point is that we can lose sight of truth if we spend too much time on everything else. How many agree with me in that? We can lose sight of truth if we spend too much time on everything else. For example, 10 years ago there was a survey conducted here in the United States of America. And the subject was on heaven and hell. And thousands of individuals were questioned on whether they still believe in heaven and or in hell. And would you, would you be surprised if I told you that 10 years ago there was a 13% drop in belief here in the United States from 71% to 58%. Of those surveys believe that there is a heaven and that there is a hell Now that was 10 years ago I would imagine that today for 58% is probably a little less than 50% Probably just slightly over 40% Now I think that's really, really bad Considering that the United States of America was founded on biblical principles We're talking about the hope of God this morning There are those of us here this morning I would venture to say, Who are perhaps challenged by the circumstances that we are dealing with in society today. And if you were honest to yourself, you would probably admit that you you have lost a great deal of sensitivity to the things that pertain to God. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand there, right? Because it would be totally unfair. But I include myself in that particular group. I try to be as sensitive as I possibly can. We involve ourselves in all types of things in society today—pleasurable things, etc. Business and pleasure, finances and family issues, work, and a host of other things. And you and I, as believers today, this is the lesson: we need to tune ourselves in. We need to root ourselves in the promises of God, so that we do not lose sight of hope. It is just too precious. The sad truth is, time has a way of eroding truth from our hearts if measures are not taken to prevent it. Did you hear that? I'm going to read it again. The sad truth is, time has a way of eroding truth from our hearts if measures are not taken to prevent it. The revelation of our text today Is that God will make good on all of his promises concerning our inheritance? Meaning it's going to happen. I want you to look at verse 13 this morning in your text. Look at verse 13. It says just the first portion of verse 13. It says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Right there. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. When you consider that word ignorant and By the way, it's, it's a kind, kind, of, kind of an interesting word that Paul inserted in that particular text If you read that in a simple way You would think that it denotes that, that his audience Then and his audience today That they were lacking, that we are somehow lacking in knowledge Lacking in knowledge But my view is that the audience, Paul's audience back then the Thessalonians they knew everything they had to know maybe not all the specific but they knew enough about the resurrection to defend themselves against truths or lies contrary to the resurrection. My view is that they knew enough. So why is it that Paul uses the term here ignorant? I believe it's because he was challenging them to hold on to what they knew to be true. In that sense he used the term do not be ignorant. Do not forsake what you know to be true concerning the resurrection. Now we delve into this a little bit further in its context Paul of course was addressing the reality concerning the struggle that many people were having as it related to the deceased believing loved ones there was a great deal of concern in society back then at least with regard to the believers the Christians and so they had their questions even though they knew about the resurrection Jesus Christ had already come and gone The truth of the the Word of God had already spread throughout all society back then, throughout all the regions. Paul the Apostle, who established this particular church, did an extremely good job at, at, at sharing the truth of the Word of God with them. They knew all about Jesus Christ. And they knew that one day He would return for believers. And that included the deceased believers, those who were in the tombs, in the grave. And yet the people still had concerns about their deceased loved ones And Paul the Apostle challenged them Because of everything that was happening in society back then The persecution that had arisen There was a great deal of persecution I wish I had time to share those details with you From history But I do not Suffice to say That they were burdened To say the least And Paul had to encourage them to hold on To the truth of the word of God As it related to the resurrection That will take place one day um, of their deceased loved ones. How many know that one day, one day, if you and I are still alive, the rapture of the church is going to take place? How many know that? How many believe that? Not everybody believes that. Just kidding. How many know that one day when the the rapture takes place, that the dead in Christ will rise first? Now, Now, by the way, we have to be honest here that it's talking about, it's a reference to the physical body. Because as the Word of God teaches me, as I understand it, when a believer dies, he instantly goes to heaven. There's no, no dormant state, no intermediate state. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Souls do not sleep in the grave until the resurrection. I do not believe that. And neither do I believe that Paul, Paul the Apostle taught that. It was a reference to the physical bodies. That one day, the, this immortality this mortality, will take on immortality. There will be a, a transformation of sorts of this physical body. And a reunion in the clouds between the body and the souls of our deceased loved ones. And Paul kind of had to encourage his believers back then With this particular truth But he challenged them Not to allow the circumstances in their lives To cause them to forget the truth of the word of God I think that's extremely important for us to remember So in the midst of your difficulties Do not forsake What you know To be true Do not be ignorant of that fact Is what Paul the Apostle said Now it's true the difficulties can in fact make us stronger. How many know that? Yeah. Difficulties can in fact make us stronger, but only when we stay the course. This pandemic is huge. It's it, it has impacted us in more ways than we care to imagine. In extreme ways. And in some in some in some ways, in some areas, you know, this COVID-19 is still, is still developing, it's still moving, it's still rampant In some communities, I'm not sure where it is in the nation But there are some cities who actually backed off from the guidelines Or rather, uh, reinstated some strict guidelines And with great deal of necessary, Because people are not being careful People are not being careful, I'm not sure what that was and we need to be careful and that's i believe what we're doing here we are socially distant some of us are wearing a mask but it's taking its toll on your in your heart hasn't it not and if you were honest you would admit that this circumstance that we are going through has indeed taken its toll on your heart and that's what i'm speaking to this morning in this in this word with this particular lesson we need to be assertive we need to be vigilant with the things that pertain to God so that we do not become Disheartened. Paul the Apostle moves on, and in this text he presents a twofold message. Number one, he says to his audience back then, he says, one day there will occur a resurrection of deceased, deceased believers. And secondly, one day there will be a rapture of living believers. That's extremely great news. That's extremely powerful news. And I believe, as I said already, that we are, as believers, supposed to group ourselves in that truth. And not lose sight of the promises of God. One day He's coming soon. How many you know that? Let me see your hand if you know that one day Jesus Christ is coming soon. He's coming for us, people of God. One day, and it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye... Just like that, we're going to be snatched away, and we are going to spend eternity with the Lord. There's going to be a new heaven. Amen, somebody. There's going to be a new earth, and we are going to spend eternity right here. By the way, Rob, I know you probably thought you had dibs on this property on the other side. Don, I know you've been here like forever But I got dibs on this property I beat you you to it You had to put your request form in And and you didn't do that You, You didn't do that And so the relevance of this message It has to do with the mental burden That we tend to live That we tend to live with While going through our day to day troubles We all live with a general concern for life, don't we? Let me see, come on, let me see. Admit that with me this morning. We all live with a general concern for life. Secondly, we all worry about loved ones. Number three, and to some degree we all worry about death. I don't know about you, but from time to time I worry. That's why I ride my bike as often as I do. Because I want to be as healthy as I possibly can. For me, for my wife, my family and for all of you. And I think you do the same thing as well, right? right. Amen, somebody. Amen. So what Paul is saying to us is, do not lose sight of the facts while you wrestle through life. Because if we are not careful, we can easily become disheartened. Look at verses 16 and 17 with me this morning. It says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice... Of an archangel and with the trumpet of God And the dead of Christ will rise first Then we who are alive and remain Should be caught up together with them in the clouds To meet the Lord in the air And thus shall we always be with the Lord And thus shall we always be with the Lord This is our hope The resurrection is at the heart of Christianity. This idea that one day we will spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If it were not for the idea, for the truth of the resurrection, you and I would not be sitting here this morning. Christianity is based upon the reality of the fact that one day soon there will be a resurrection And that we will be translated And that we're going to spend eternity with our Lord And with our God That is the truth of Christianity In spite of the process that we find ourselves in One day we will be in glory Now I want you to note the strong emphasis In that particular, those verses that we read The certainty of the event And if you need to look down on your page Look down on your page again And read those two verses again to yourself because there's an absolute certainty That Paul expresses That he, he mentions his tone With regard to this, the reality of the resurrection It will take place one day very soon It's not a question of if it will happen But when it will happen And when it does The idea is that Christ would have remained true To his word Let me ask you Has the Bible ever failed at any point? No. Has God ever failed you at any point? No. In spite of the anxiety that you're dealing with today, maybe a mild dose of depression from time to time, we all got these issues. I remember in January, February I got sick and of course the doctor has cleared me. I stayed away. I don't know if you remember I stayed away for two weeks in a row as the royal priest for two Sundays in a row. January, February sometime. And it's because I believe I had contracted COVID at that time. But I stayed away and I did not interact with anybody, not even my wife. We got a futon in the living room and one of us spent some time there while the other one spent some time in the, in the bedroom. And that's how we handled it. Because I, I lost my ability, almost my ability to breathe. I had a high fever, no sneezing, no coughing, just fever. And I could not breathe. Of course, I went to the doctors, they took care of me, etc., And so the point of that is that I'm I'm living with concerns as well And yet the reality is that I do not allow my thoughts about COVID-19 I do not allow my thoughts about my health, my family or the church or anything else To deter me, to bring me to a place where I'm somehow dismissing the truth of the word of God The reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ in my heart, in my soul And in your life as well Amen church I think the truth of the gospel is extremely important And we need to do everything we possibly can To remain as sensitive to the word of God as we possibly can This is not a season for the church to fall asleep In no way shape or form Where are you with your faith this morning? Where are you with your sensitivities to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where are you with your sensitivities for when you choose, when you determine in your heart to come to church, to come to fellowship? Let me ask you this. Why is it you come to church? It's a fair question to ask. Because we have to make sure that in our hearts we know why we come to church. I'm hoping and I'm praying that our online audience can and be hear what I'm saying this morning, right? Did we get that straight? We, okay, good. Didn't say it yet. Big thumbs up and, I, and I'm grateful to that Because these are difficult times The challenges are huge in society today And just like that You and I If you were honest Along with me here this morning Just like that We can make a decision To stay home Just like that We, we easily make a decision Not to pick up the word of God How many of your Bibles at home Have a layer of dust on it? Don't, don't answer Don't answer but it's the truth, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's because the truth is that these are difficult times. And difficult times, if you stay the course, will make you stronger. But if you, if you lower your faith guard, they will compromise your faith, they will weaken your faith. And at the end of the day, you will find yourself wrestling with the things of God, rather than rather than succeeding in the victories that God has in store for us. This is not the time for the church to fall asleep. In no way, shape, or form. This is not a season for us to lose sight of God's promises. It's the promises of God in my heart which serve to nurture the hope that I live with. How many of you know that we, that we, that we live with a living hope as believers? How many have living hope in their hearts?
1: Amen.
0: Amen. It, it's a hope that has not brought me any shame whatsoever. Not even a little bit. I have a joy in my heart today That's priceless Because of the promises of God That I I harbor That I hoard That I protect That I nurture In my heart And as believers It's extremely important To guard these things This is a hope That started long ago Even long before the New Testament This hope goes all the way back To the book of Genesis All the way back to the very beginning of time, God reaching into society, reaching the hearts of mankind with a living hope, and it has always been centered on Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. Somebody, let me let me see your hand if you're with me on that. Amen. It has always been centered on Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they were living with it, the hope that one day, one day, Jesus would die. On the cross. Today we live with the hope, knowing that Jesus has indeed died on the cross, and that one day we will be snatched up and spend eternity in glory with our Lord and Savior. I think that's important to say, and that's why I'm belaboring this point. It's the only point that I have for you this morning because it's significant. It's extremely significant. I talked to some of you, and some of you have indeed become disheartened because of the circumstances that you're dealing with today I, I I know what you're going through we all have been there to some degree and it's important to hold on to the word of God in John 3.16 even though this message of hope goes all the way back to the beginning in John 3.16 Jesus Christ announced it loudly and clearly when he uttered those words to the masses before him for God so loved the world That He gave His only begotten Son. I don't hear you. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. life. That's the hope that I'm talking about here this morning. And He then continued to reinforce that promise through all His ministry. For example, make note of this. John 11, if you want to go there, you can. John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus Christ was talking to Mary, to Martha... To those people in that particular area In Bethany, Jericho, in that particular region And he says to them Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life He who believes in me Though he may die He shall live And whoever lives and believes in me Shall never die Do you believe this? That's how he concludes verse 26 And let me ask you Do you believe this? The statement that Jesus Christ made Was on the subject of the resurrection He said I am the resurrection and the life He who believes in me though he dies, Yet shall he live In Christ there is no death So the next time you think about death the next time you think about your ailing body, and some of you are really struggling in that particular area, remember the promises of Jesus Christ when He says to you loudly, I am your resurrection. I am your life. We got to be careful with these things. What does Paul say in the, this fourth chapter of the book of Thessalonians? He says, don't be like the unbelieving world around you, because they are troubled by every little thing. That occurs in their lives You and I as believers are supposed to be different than that Because our hope is not the hope that they live with We have a living hope Their hope is not alive like yours is Our our hope possesses It is so wonderful, so powerful It's almost tangible That's how glorious the hope is That you and I live with as believers Jesus asked them Do you believe this. And I think that's the million dollar question. Mary and Martha, as we think about that particular story, because it serves as a great illustration to this point. They wrestled with it at first. But then they realized that Jesus Christ was looking to challenge them to accept his word in a personal way. And the immediate way in their lives. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And Mary and Martha, we know that you are. We know that one day there will be a resurrection and a life. But yet Jesus Christ was speaking in context to their brother being dead and in the tomb. And at this point, he was already in the tomb for four days. Jesus says, I am here to raise your brother from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. And finally, it dawned on them. That Jesus wanted them to take His words personally. That He was actually present to make a difference in their lives. And I think that's important to say. Because we know the Scriptures, we know the Word of God. Some of you have been coming to church for 60, 70 years. And you know the Word of God. But it's it's more important to, to take heart in the promises of God. To take heart in the Word of God when things are not going so well in our lives. Because that's when we're really challenged that's when, it, that's when it's really determined As to whether we really believe or not When times are tough When the sky is blue over our heads That's not a challenge When you're sitting on a mountaintop That's not a challenge It's when you find yourself going through the valley Of the shadow of death When you need to take heart in the promises of the living God Amen somebody Amen. Mary and Martha They finally realize this They were standing in front of the tomb, and Jesus Christ continued to challenge them. And finally, they opened their heart, and they removed the stone of unbelief from their hearts. And as soon as they did so, that is when Jesus Christ turned around. He faced the tomb, and he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And that's when their miracle took place, when they believed. God is looking to do extraordinary things in our life, but we must believe. Now, I'm not asking you or challenging you to believe in some fanatical way. I'm not one of those guys. Not so. Name it, claim it, blab it and grab it, that's not me. But I believe in the promises of God. I believe that as a born again believer, I am a child of God. And that makes me special. Amen, Dom. That makes me special. I'm not in that camp over there. I'm not hopeless like the unbelievers living around us. I have a living hope in my heart today. And so the same holds true today about the subject of eternal life. We talked about that miracle that Jesus performed Before Mary and Martha raising their brother from the dead. The same holds true, the principle holds true with regard to this subject of eternal life. It is a reality. It's a reality today, right now, in this place. You and I are special. You and I are children of God. We have to take stock in that. We have to synchronize ourselves to that reality because it is true. We are special. Let me ask you this.
2: What happens
0: if we psychologically defer our identity as children of God until some future date? What happens if we defer? What becomes of us if we stop identifying ourselves as Christians? The answer is simple we stop living as heirs. The Bible teaches it clearly. We are heirs of God in Christ Jesus. But if you defer psychologically that thought, that reality, that truth, we stop living as heirs. That's why prayer is so important. How many of you pray on a regular basis? Let me see, let me see, let me see. It's important that we pray as often as we possibly can. Because prayer roots us and grounds us in the things that pertain to God. You cannot familiarize yourself with the Word of God and expect the substance of it to somehow have its wonderful way in your life. It doesn't work that way. You remember the book of Genesis when, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they consumed from the tree they weren't supposed to touch. What did God do immediately thereafter? After He confronted them, because He did confront them first. Before He allowed them to touch the tree of life what did he do? he posted an angel with a flaming sword around the tree of life because in their disconnected state he wasn't going to allow them to have access to the tree of life you have to be connected to God you have to be in fellowship in relationship with God to have access to the tree of life and the same holds true to you and I this is the word of God the unadulterated Infallible Word of the Living God, and if you and I are to benefit from its substance—that stuff that's in between the lines, that remnant stuff, that good stuff—we got to know Him. We have to know Him intimately and, and, and personally. We're not to be perfect, but we need to know Him personally. I want to share another illustration with you. This one has to do with the product of sun. You all know the story one day he got it in him to demand his inheritance because he wanted to disassociate himself it's a strong word but it's true he wanted to disassociate himself from his family he no longer wanted to identify with his family, with his brother, with his father he disconnected himself from his home from his father, he took his inheritance, he wandered away, and the Bible tells us clearly that he spent all his inheritance on riotous living. We're talking about prostitutes. We're talking about drugs and alcohol. Yeah, you may not have had cocaine back then. But you, there are a number of trees that you can consume bark, and the LSD and those substances. You find the right tree and you can go crazy. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Isn't that right, Jen?
1: You get the right tree and you
0: consume the right bark and you're in trouble. That's where we get LSD from. That's where we get PSD. Um, PSD. Um, that's my wife's old job, PSD. PCP. BCP. <laughs> PSD. Pennsylvania School for the Death. <laughs> We're talking about the product of sun. He no longer wanted to identify with his family. And as a result, it didn't take long until there wasn't much left of his life. So there wasn't much left of his life. But listen to this clearly. One day, in a pig's pen, he realized he was still his father's son. Did you hear that? In a pig pen, after spending his money on him, Things that weren't any good He came to himself and he realized That he was still His father's son He was completely unworthy At least he felt that way But he remembered that he was still His father's Son So he rose up and he returned home And to his surprise His father completely Restored him Why? It's a fair question why would his father restore his son, especially after knowing that his father, that his son had disowned us? Because even though he had temporarily lost sight of his identity, he was still his father's son. In church, we are our father's children. And that reality is kept alive when we live out our identity as Christians and we live out our identity as Christians when we nurture the hope that one day Jesus Christ will return for us so in spite of the difficulties in spite of this pandemic in spite of the restrictions we are unable to meet and to greet I miss greeting you, I miss hugging you you know, uh, it's burning my heart not being able to touch you not being able to reach out not sure if you noticed, I hung out up here the entire time Because I didn't have my mask on We're supposed to do the right thing For the sake of doing the right thing Because it's important And I know that But I miss reaching across the aisle I miss us greeting together the way we used to But one day, with the Lord's help, it's going to happen again Anyway, that's why that's why Paul ended Look at the last verse in our text because Paul intentionally ends this text with the words Therefore comfort one another with these words We're talking about a living home We're talking about a resurrection We're talking about Jesus Christ being with us We're talking about His words They're words of life His words will not return void He made the statement that we are children of life He made the statement that He is the resurrection and the life And one day He will fulfill Those words in our lives. You can bank on it. It means that we must know this truth personally. And share it as inspiration to others. How vigilant or diligent have you been. In sharing the hope of Jesus. With the unsaved friends in your life. We have a living hope. Jesus knew there would be difficult times. But we have a living hope. I want to close with a couple of verses. I love the fact that Jesus spent a great deal of time in the Gospels. If you are someone who has enjoyed reading through the Gospels, you would would have already noted that Jesus spent a great deal of time in prayer. In fact, He retreated as often as He possibly could to pray because He knew that was His lifeline to God the Father in heaven. He prayed often, and in John chapter 17 he prayed for the believers then, just like he prayed for you and I today, and in John sixteen thirty-three, Jesus says, These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen, church. Amen. In Romans fifteen thirteen, you might want to put this down on your notes. Romans fifteen thirteen, Paul the Apostle says Now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing That you may abound in hope By the power of the Holy Spirit I'm going to read that one again I like that one Now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace In believing That you may abound That's a very significant word in the text That you may abound in hope By the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you go back to your rooms, to your living rooms, to your homes, and you read that particular chapter in its context, you will find out that to some degree Paul the Apostle was addressing the issues, the circumstances, the difficulties that they were going through then, the difficulties that you and I go through today. And yet still he says, listen, stay rooted and grounded in the hope that is in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and the last verse that I have before you Joshua 1 verses 8 and 9 it says this book of the law should not depart from your mouth but you should meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it that? The era. that's a challenge right there for then you will make your way prosperous And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Stand with me, church. If you are able. And I want you to think about this hope that we've been talking about here this morning. I want you to think about the hope that you entertain every single day of your life. Because I know you, you guys are believers. I know that you understand the importance of the hope that lies in Christ Jesus. The hope that we have received from Him through the Word of God. Amen, somebody. You and I have never seen Jesus Christ personally. Yeah, I I, I don't think anybody here claims to have seen Jesus face to face. And so we have this hope... That's based on the truth of the word of God. And my challenge or the challenge from the Lord here this morning. Is for you to nurture the hope. That lies in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us leave here today knowing and ready to live out. What we know to be true from the scriptures. About our identity in Christ. And the hope he has given us to live by. According to his wonderful and living word. Buy your hands with me, let's pray together. Buy your hands with me. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. By your hands with me, let's pray. Come on church, Buy your hands with me, let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And we praise your holy name. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the liberty you give us to come into this place. And to worship you. And to do so in spirit truth. We thank you for the living hope that we possess today. For the fact, for the reality, for the truth, for the emphasis, for the significance that exists in Christ Jesus. We have a living hope today because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we are thankful for the death, for the burial, and for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because He rose, we live As well in him today. And one day Lord God. One day according to your word. We will spend eternity in heaven. It's going to be a resurrection Lord. And we thank you so much for that. We pray that you may transform our hearts and our minds. Our thinking this morning. With this truth. We've been struggling Lord God. It's been a difficult time. These last three or four months. But you've been with us. You have never left us. You have not forsaken us. You have not abandoned us. But this morning you challenge us to revisit the hope found only in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray your blessings on your people here today. Help us, Lord God, to seek your face. Help us to consecrate ourselves to you anew, afresh. And if somebody's struggling here this morning, Lord God, will you revive that person today, Lord God? Psalms 85 verse 4 verse 5. How long, O oh Lord? Will you not revive us again? Will you not restore us again, Lord God? Will you not strengthen us again, Lord God? Will you not visit us again, Lord God? Will you not bring deliverance, Lord God, on your wings, Lord God, to your people here today, Lord God, in society? Society, Lord God, has flipped itself upside down. We are seeking to destroy our history here in the United States. There's a movement, Lord God, that's extremely chaotic and destructive, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you stop it. That you stop the violence, stop the rioting, Lord God, stop the madness, Lord Stop the looting and the rioting and the and the killing, Lord God. This talk about defunding, Lord God, our police. It's insane, Lord God. Will you stop it? Can you turn it around, Lord God? We need you, Lord God, to turn it around. Bring law and order to society again. Help the masses today in society today to realize, Lord God, that you are a living Savior, a living God. And you are accessible to anyone who cries out to you in the name of Jesus. Will you not revive us again, Lord God. We pray your blessings on our president today. On his entire cabinet, his administration. We pray your blessings on believers around the world. Who are struggling, persecuted right now, Lord God. We pray your blessings on Israel today, Lord God. You tell us in your word that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Romans 10, 1. And we do so this morning, Lord. I pray your blessings on our families. The families represented here, Lord God. The thousands represented by those of us who are here this morning. Especially those who do not know you personally. They're wrestling, they're struggling. There's sickness, there's disease. There's a joblessness. We need you today, Lord God. We thank you so much for it. These things, these things we pray, giving you glory not. In the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people say, Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Come on. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. Put your hands together for the
1: Lord. As you go out for the week, just remember this song and... When you get a little shifted, just sing this song in your head and remember the truth that God loves the world. God loves the world and he loved it so much that he sent his son to die. And that if we believed in him, we would have everlasting life. And that's a message that people need to hear. So let's sing that song right now.
2: keeping God sends us forth with the promise of His presence and the promise of His power. And so I want you to leave this place this morning on the one hand celebrating that we are people of hope. But I want you to go also with the realization that your neighbors, your co-workers, people around you lack hope. They are people without hope. They need the hope that you and I have, right? Lord send us forth now in the power of your word. Empowered by your Holy Spirit to take the truth of your hope to a world that desperately needs to know Jesus. And we give you thanks together for doing that. In the name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great week and carry the hope of Jesus with you.